0: Hi, I'm Jamie and I'm Dale. We're sisters and best friends and this is Proof It's Possible.
1: Jamie and I are complete opposites but somehow through every stage of life we stay on the same team. We're kicking the door wide open and sharing our morning coffee chats with you.
0: Join us as we chat about everything from chasing our dreams to entrepreneurship to family friendship and what other craziness we have going on that week. Hello. Hi. This episode is all about
1: Mistakes we've made in business. Mm-hmm. This is a juicy one because it's like at first I was like, I don't, I can't think of any, but I know I've made. At a million. first she was like, I can't,
0: I'm perfect. This, I've never made a mistake. No,
1: I was. A, let me finish. I was about to say, I know I've made a million, but what are they? You like get past the mistake and then basically want to forget about it because it's you have boring. PTSD, so your yeah, brain protects exactly. you from that memory. But once you get on to your mistakes, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, there's millions. There's actually mm-hmm. one. I have a laundry millions. list. Me too. Okay, what's yours? You start.
0: Oh, okay. My biggest one is not taking, well, not biggest, they're all equally as bad, but not taking a deposit. Totally. When someone hires me for my services, not mm-hmm. taking, like not making them put any skin in the game, therefore they can like cancel appointments, they can... When yeah. I was like auditing a lot, this would often happen. They'd book me like a year out and be like, I need you to audit my business on this date. And so I would clear my schedule. And then it would get closer to, and they'd be like, oh, I found someone to do it cheaper. Never mind.
1: Yeah. Well, yours actually feeds right into my first one. And it's a, like even a bigger version of just getting that deposit. And it's not having a full contract. So, it includes, Like for me, the contract includes an outline of exactly what we're actually doing together. And it doesn't just protect me. It protects the client too. They'd have in writing what I have said I was going to do. And I have in writing what I said I was going to do. And like, there's been times where I'm like, I didn't, this contract doesn't include that. And then I go back and look and I'm like, no, it does. And you have to do it. And I'm like happy to do it once I realized that it was my error. But having a contract and everything written down is critical. And then that contract is not complete. You can't just sign it without a deposit. Mm -hmm. Period. The contract doesn't start until the money and the signature both are in place. You know?
0: Well, people often think that like a contract is to protect one party and not both, but it's actually to protect both parties. So like, you know, if you're designing a website and they thought X, Y, and Z was included, but it's clearly stated in the contract that it's not, it just Mm -hmm. is that like clarification for both people. And then on the flip side, if they were like, well, no, you said that you were going to do X, Y, Z and see it's in the contract. Therefore you are responsible for providing me with that. Like it's, it's to protect both parties so that you go into it, like knowing, exactly what the expectation is, what the service is, whatever you paid for, all of the things. I, a hundred percent, you need a contract.
1: Well, and when we are in our own businesses, we know what we offer. We know what these things mean. Like you're, you doing an audit. Like to me, that's like you saying, I do square dancing. Like I have no idea what you're doing to do an audit. I have no idea what that means. But if somebody told me you need an audit, I'd be on the hunt for an auditor. And I need you to write down, what am I getting out of it? What, what mm-hmm. are the steps you're going to be providing or details? What are the expectations? What's the information yeah. I need? What's the, yes. Exactly. Like who, how much of a role do I play in it in order to get you to be able to do the job? Like mm-hmm. as the customer and all these things. So that's where a contract is crazy important. Totally. What's the, what's some other ones? Oh, I have a good one wanting to over deliver. And so I believe in over delivering for my clients, like doing surprising them with how great of a job I can do. That's something I take great pride in, but knowing the line where I don't get resentful about providing more than I'm being compensated for
0: mm-hmm.
1: providing more you know and what what's happened to me in the past is it's a slippery slope where i'm like you know what i can just do this one thing because although the bathroom wasn't included in the design it's just a paint color i can provide another paint color it's okay just being like grateful for the business and wanting to work with my client but like the truth is is standing firm in my own process and that I don't just do extra rooms for free those take time and money and And intellectual property exactly my like I feel
0: like when you're in the service industry people often forget that the service you're you're providing yeah is your intellectual property it's no different than like going to the store and being like well I paid for a chocolate bar therefore I'm going to take a bag of chips too yeah because I already paid for the chocolate bar so that's silly that I wouldn't just get the chips for free. It's the same when you're offering a service, like they paid for the living room and now they want the bathroom for free. Well, that's not exactly how it how it works. Totally. And it's so, so easy I leave the wrong
1: impression though, because if mm-hmm. I do just the paint color in that bathroom, next thing you know, what art, what flooring, what, what vanity. mirror, what yeah. vanity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up, but I put my toe in the water of breaking my the contract I sort of have with myself and that's you know they paid for a room and I'm to provide that room not the other rooms I needed to stop that it's the it's no different than the cashier at the store who sold the chocolate bar and was like yeah you know what you can have the chips too and then the next day the person comes back and is like here's my chips and chocolate bar but I'm only paying for the chocolate bar again that it becomes what the client expects because you set up a bad situation where they were they are right to expect that because you did it once so why wouldn't you do it again? Mm-hmm. And well and it's I, boundaries. Yeah, it's, road.
0: I mean business or personal that's how boundaries slowly erode and become new boundaries and exactly. or non-existent boundaries. Yeah uh, okay. totally that's a common mistake I think people people often often do.
1: And I think um, people pleasers do it. Like I'm a people pleaser. I'm definitely like got that as my default to just be like, Oh, what's the big deal? You know, I can throw that in. I could do the right thing I could do, you know, and I have it, I framed it as this really positive thing, but you know, six months into the project when I'm now on to their fourth bathroom and I'm upstairs in the kids' bedrooms, I'm like, Whoa, where, how did I get here? Where did this house, you know, or I've had it with clients where, I thought, Oh, this person wrote me at 11 o'clock at night. I'm still up. I could write them back Mm -hmm. and protecting your time is a hugely Mm -hmm. important thing because it's like, I don't really work in the evenings. I don't love working on in on the weekend either. So although I will occasionally have a Saturday morning or Sunday morning where I put in a few hours and may answer an email or a text message or something from a client, that's not my regular. So I have to be careful about that because then the client starts only writing you in the evenings because that's when yeah. they're available. Well, they're and this available. reminds
0: me, this reminds me of like back in my auditing days, I, during the like recession and things were great and the industry that I was working in and they were like, well, could you like knock a couple hundred bucks off your day rate? Mm-hmm. And then you agree to it once and that becomes your new normal And then the next time they're like, well, you know, the industry is not great. And you were here before and we're just asking you to knock a couple, you know, like 150 bucks off your day rate. And next thing you know, you're at like a quarter of what you used to get paid. And you're like, how did I get here? How has this been possible? But that's what happens when you don't have strong boundaries in business. And you're willing to just like do it because you kind of got bullied into it or you felt like. Your services, you know, you're not standing firm in that you're worth what you're charging or your your time is valuable to you and you you need to honor
1: the, the time boundaries that you've set up for yourself. For Such sure. a slippery slope. Such a slippery slope. And like resentfulness is bound to follow. That's absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. The other thing that I do is that I sometimes underestimate how long a project's going to take me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I'm, I can get resentful in the fact that I'm like, well, I'm not even charging for this time because I made the mistake in underestimating how long it would take. But that's a big mistake is that like knowing and writing down how long exactly tasks take you so that the next time you go to quote a project, you know exactly what you should be charging for it. You know, these are little like thing mistakes you have to make along the way to
1: clear up what it looks like to be in business successfully moving forward. I agree. Yeah, for sure. And especially like I'm somebody that I don't I always say that I give my price as a designer, which is not common in my industry, up front because nobody feels good about not knowing what they're going to be paying and it causes so much anxiety with my clients. And the the analogy that I use is imagine you went to the mall and you went into a store and nothing's priced. But you know that if you pick up anything and take it to the till, you've already been committed to buying it. you the time or the like for me, Mm -hmm. my clients not knowing how much time it's going to take me and have no frame of reference for what I am going to charge them is essentially just going into it blind. Right. And that is stressful. Nobody would hire me in that situation or Mm -hmm. the people that would would just really have to trust that. They can afford whatever the, that bill is under any circumstances. So I find myself in the position of always having to estimate my hours and everybody's different. Every project's different. So sometimes you do a really good job of it. And then sometimes you don't, but as the years have gone on, I've really had to be like, okay, no, this, this kind of, this level of service requires this many hours. This level of service requires this many hours. It's going to take me this long, you know, and, you have to get a feel for who your client is too, because different clients take longer than others because of their personalities. Totally. And
0: you have to not, you have to resist the temptation to do girl math on it. Like to be like, totally. well, you know what? In an ideal world, this would take me five hours. Well, in in an ideal world is not reality. You know, like you have to assume that we're in a normal world and not an ideal world and that there's yep. going to be some like hurdles along the way. So tack on a couple extra hours because- That's more realistic. Exactly.
1: And you'll feel better about it. You'll be happier within your clients relationships about it. They they will only sign up if they are comfortable with your price and -hmm. they get to know that in advance. And your ideal client is comfortable with your price. That's Mm -hmm. the trick, right? Is that being super transparent from the beginning is key.
0: The other thing I have on my list is not accepting that it's time to pivot. Like early on in one of our businesses, we were like, oh, it feels like we're banging our head against the wall," And it is such a fine line because it's like you do have to stand firm in whatever product or service you're selling. But at yeah. what point are you are you accepting the feedback and saying like, OK, maybe I need to adjust this a little bit. Maybe this isn't the exact fit for this industry or for my ideal client. And maybe I do need to tweak it a tiny little bit. But like insisting that you stay down the lane that you're in because you're already in that lane is a huge mistake in business. You do have to accept the feedback from the people
1: that are going to be buying. You do. And also you have to be willing to be, I don't know what the word is like not humble, but not
0: take it personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You can't take it personally or you can't be like, I messed up. I had it all wrong here. This isn't the product or service that somebody wants. You have to be willing and open to listen to like, what does the product or service? Am I close, or is this a sinking ship? You know, and really reevaluate because when you put your whole heart into something and then it doesn't go, which happens to people all the time. This is real. This is real life. This is business. Or your prices are too high, or your prices are sometimes too low. Like there's such a thing as your prices being so low that people are like, "She, they're obviously terrible at this. They're obviously a beginner." Okay, but I
0: will say like the, the, the way that marketing has gone or like, I don't know what you would call it, but a lot of businesses are like, you know, charge your worth and do all this stuff. And so I see it often where people are like, I want $7 billion for this service. I've never sold it before. I'm brand new to the game and I want all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't everybody want $7 trillion for their services? But like, you got to get realistic. But I do feel like there's a bit of like a a trend right now in the, in the marketing world where people are like, don't charge a hundred bucks an hour when you're worth, you know, 3000 an hour, but you have to grow, you have to grow with your prices. You don't just get to enter the market and declare that you're a million dollar man. You have to, you have to earn that
1: spot. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I also think your market will tell you, your market will tell you, And it is a fine line on building yourself, your brand, your product, your profile up enough to earn those next steps, right? It's a staircase. It's not a like elevator where you just Mm -hmm. get off at the top. And I think a really good example of this and somebody that gives great advice on it is Gabby Bernstein. She says that when like, for instance, with public speaking, if you would like to be a public speaker, you might have to speak for free at the beginning. And mm-hmm. then free speaking engagements will lead to small payment engagements. And then small payment engagements will lead to medium-sized payment engagement, you know, like, and you will work your way up that ladder, but you're not just going to be Brene Brown mm-hmm. and get on the stages every time you put your application in or, and you're not going to get paid $50,000 per, you know, or a hundred thousand per yeah. speech. Like, That is something you earn no different than anything else, and so but I do believe that if you don't one day stop charging and or don't stop saying, Oh, I'm I speak for free, you'll always speak for free totally. You don't come up with a rate and look for paid opportunities, you'll always just be somebody that speaks for free. So, Mm -hmm. there's it's such a fine line of going between I deserve it all because in your heart you can feel like you deserve it all and you will get it all. But you have to work towards that goal. Mm-hmm. You have to have your number in mind, have your dream thing in mind, but you also have to manage your audience. You, if you want to have retreats and you found that people will pay $1,500 for your retreat or $2,000 for your retreat, inch it up slightly mm-hmm. if you'd like to get $2,200 or inch it up. But don't go straight to 10000 mm-hmm. because your audience that you've built was really comfortable at 2000 or totally without 3000. So you have to go in steps. That's like the number one thing that I think is hard to digest because you look around and you see other people selling retreats for $10,000. Yeah. And you're like, well, it filled up. Like, why can't I do that? And you can just not yet. Mm -hmm. Just not until you're it's kind
0: of like Ford and Tesla, you know, like Tesla gets to charge that number because they were kind of the first to have that make and model, or you know, that style of yeah. car, an electric vehicle that doesn't run on gasoline. And right. they get to be there. You don't get to be a beginner in the market and be like, you know, be the Ford Focus and be like, why aren't we charging 150 grand a car? Well, you're for sure two different cars,
1: and you're for two different, and markets. different marketing packages. Totally, Tesla went and marketed themselves to be something innovative, different. Yeah unique, smart, all the things. And then Ford is just doing what Ford does, which is being steady Eddie, you know, all. The yeah, things. for sure. Okay. So, so what nice. is
0: your one and final, like the, what would you consider your biggest mistake in business or
1: your one piece of advice? you oh, want this Well, this kind of like leads into it is comparing where you're at with other people mm-hmm. and feeling down in the dumps about it because The thing is, just like having to build your career up and you take the steps, take the stairs, you can't look at somebody who's been on that staircase for 20 years and you're on it for a month and a half and think you're going to be at the same place and make yourself feel bad about where you're at and your progress. Your progress is your progress. You have to show up as yourself, authentically, you know with your heart guiding the way and your mind guiding the way and your sensibilities guiding the way and do the things that feel right to you, but know when it's time to slightly elevate and then slightly elevate again, but don't compare people who are way further down their journey than you are because it's a losing streak. There'll always be somebody with more speaking engagements, making more money, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it looks like.
0: Mm -hmm. What's yours. My biggest one is not trusting my intuition. When something feels off in my world, personally or in business, ignoring the little like nudge in my heart to be like, something's not right here. Something doesn't feel right. You get anxiety when you're around this person or you get anxiety when you have to, you know, call a certain client or whatever, whatever it looks like, a business partner, whatever. Whatever that little niggling in your in your belly is listen to it because that like knows more than anything in the entire world and i don't believe in like you know your mistakes define you at all i think that mistakes yeah. are necessary to like learn learn from and they make you exactly where who you are and what you are and where you are but mm-hmm. i do think that like if i can look back and reflect on my journey to date i always get in the hottest water when personally and in business, when I don't listen to my own intuition.
1: I agree that I totally agree with that. And like, I already know on the first, now it's so clear to me that I'm even signing the contract being like, shouldn't do this. I'm just doing this one for money. And I know it's not the right thing to do. I do it about
0: everything though. Like if someone's like, you know what, you should add this color to your logo. If it's an, if I initially have the like, no, no, Then the answer is no, it, 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 I don't need to get talked into it. I shouldn't need to get convinced. Like I am so strong in my intuition that I know right away if it's a yes or a no, it's whether I listen to that yes or no.
1: Exactly. And I know my triggers. Like for me, when there's money attached, I'm way more likely to bend versus like something that's like a style choice or a branding thing. I'm like, no. It's an easy no, and I'm like, that's so not me. That's not how I want to do this. But when it's like, there's that little carrot dangling of something in it for me, like a good pay t- payday or whatever. I'm like, oh, we'll just do it one more time. Oh, same, same. and then I'll be done. You know, no. like yes. And so I find myself in that that hot water occasionally. Yeah, but I know. I honestly know in advance. My stomach told me the first minute that the whole thing started. And and to this day, 20 years in, I'm still picking and choosing when I listen. And yeah. I, it's like a muscle I have to flex and I have to practice and like work out constantly because mm-hmm. it's hard. But yeah, I, we would love to hear your guys' business mistakes. Um, we all make them. They don't define us. Like as Jamie said, I think that actually oftentimes, even if you know in advance, it wasn't the right thing to do. Whether it's like linking arms with the wrong person, hiring the wrong contractor to help do some of the things, whatever is going on in your business, you knew a little bit in advance, you still did it, but you know Mm -hmm. what, that person taught you something, that person helped you get clear on what you don't want, maybe, and get clear on what you do want as a result of it. There is a reason that you did it, and there is something to take away from it that's positive. So I definitely think that all of our mistakes are actually there to teach us and they're For they're sure. all necessary. So we'd love to hear from you.
0: Bye guys.
1: We are so grateful you're here.
0: It would mean the world to us if you'll subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel and leave us a review.
1: If you want to hear more from us, go to proofitspossible.com to join our mailing list and find our social links so you don't miss a thing.
0: Thanks and chat next time.